It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest, Jesse Peck, is a longtime bass singer for the Legendary Spinners. The group is performing along with special guest Thelma Houston in the club at the Cannery Casino on Saturday, June 1st. For ticket information, go to cannerycasino.com. And for everything about Jesse Peck and the Spinners, you can follow them on Facebook. And Jesse, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ira. I'm very happy to be here. So, Jesse, with that kind of a voice, not only are you the bass singer for the Legendary Spinners, you also clearly have a background in radio. And you started at a very early age. In fact, you sang at a talent show probably in the third grade, which is when you first started to perform. <laughs> is that right? Wow. Wow. You have done your research, my friend. Yes, that is exactly right. I was in the uh, third grade, and I sang uh, It's You That I Need. That was the first ballad, first song, period that I ever performed. And after that, I, there was no way I, I would miss an opportunity to be on stage again. Wow. Now, <laughs> I got to take a stab at this. You probably didn't have the voice you have now at the third grade. No, I did not. Uh, this <laughs> happened to me. Actually, this happened to me not, not long after. This happened to me after I left the fifth grade. When I left elementary school over summer vacation, this uh, weird thing happened to my voice. And you always hear from relatives, oh, how, look how big you've gotten, or oh, take that bass out your voice when you talk to me. You just figure out that's just what, you know, older folks are supposed to say to you when you're a kid. Until the first day of school, middle school, sixth grade, the teachers take the attendance. The, the, uh, the guys sound like girls in the sixth grade. <laughs> that's so right. Tommy. Yeah, so it's Tommy <laughs> here, Rachel here, Jeffrey here, Jesse here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she made me stand up and tell her the year I was born and all that other kind of stuff. And then she let me sit back down. But yeah, I, I thought I was cursed for a while. But uh, it, it wasn't long before I realized that being blessed with bass was, well, that it was actually a blessing. Did you get bullied by the kids at that age because you had that different voice? Yeah, it's funny you said that. You know, I was bullied uh, in the sixth grade. This guy named Ralph would pick on me every day after school, push me around, slap me around a bit. It was a while before I finally got the nerve hooks for the stand-up to this guy. But, uh, yeah, but people at ladies at department stores, I would say, excuse me, when I needed help, and they would jump 10 feet in the air. <laughs> I just did the deal. But there's this, uh, there's a girl that I called in, in, on, in the sixth grade. She was just a, a friend. When you're in sixth grade, girlfriends are just that, girlfriends. Her dad answers, here's my voice. I may speak to Tanya, please. You know, who's this? You know, <laughs> I'm Jesse. But how old are you? I'm 12 years old, sir. No, you're not. Don't ever call me. It wasn't until parent-teacher conference that I was able to call that girl again. It's like, oh, this really is a kid. You know? So I, I thought it was a curse. I'm like, what's happening to me? I was hitting high notes. What's going on here? You know. But uh, later I realized I was blessing in it and singing old school with my dad in the basement. He had a group of guys that would come over from back in the day. And they'd start doing the old doo-wop, you know, and I would fill in, you know, if they're singing, there goes my baby, I'm doing the boom, boom, there she goes, <laughs> there she goes, you know, oh man, and we, we just had a ball, and I, I had always loved the old school, I loved the doo-wop for its use of, of bass, and I realized what, the, what a beautiful thing it is, even though I played trumpet all through school, my favorite instrument was actually the baritone saxophone. Yeah, what a beautiful instrument. I love the low notes of the uh, baritone 
sacks as well as the oboe. Also, very, uh, very beautiful and mysterious instrument. Well, you started. Did you start trumpet in middle school, right? Uh, no, I started trumpet in the uh, third grade. Oh, in third grade, I thought in it was third middle grade. school. Whoa, you are starting early. Yep, I love you truly was my first solo on trumpet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> third grade, elementary school. Yeah, That's always amazing. had a love for music, and we're just happy to be a part of it. I saw a guy playing trumpet one day. I'm like, wow, that looks so cool. I want to do that. And I, I got in the class. Then when I got to middle school. That's when I discovered, you know, the saxophone and how sexy this instrument is. And I thought, wow, you know what? I'm almost 13 now. My life is half over. There's no way I can start <laughs> over with saxophone. You know, that's just for, you know, I, 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 missed, I missed the boat on that. Right, you know? right. But, uh, but yeah, I, I love music. I love the orchestra. I, I love all types of music, but uh, I have a particular love for the old school. And that's why it's so wonderful for me to be a part of such an iconic and historic group as the Spinners. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Spinners. I just wanted to have our listeners learn a little bit about your background. Were your parents, because obviously you started at an early age, you were modeling at age nine, and you went to Cody High School, and you you kept performing. Your parents clearly supported you, but were they supportive when you made the decision to professionally sing, professionally go into radio, and do all these kinds of things? You know what? Yes, but and, and, and but it was the strangest thing uh, for me. My parents were very strict. I wasn't allowed to hang out at night, go to parties, and all that. I was one of those kids who had to be home when the streetlights came on. You know, I remember uh, talking to a girlfriend on the phone. She wanted me to come over and we'd do some homework together. Purely innocent, or at least at that point it was. <laughs> and uh, we're on the phone, and, and she says, "Oh, you want to come over? Yeah, sure." She gave me her address because I know all the info my parents need. I said, "Hey, mom." Uh, here's a friend of mine, here's the address, we're going to go over, do some homework, we're going to hang out, and then I'll be back home before dark. She says, okay, well, will our parents be home? I'm like, hang on a second, I go, go back to the phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, baby, so uh, are we going to be alone? Will your, your folks be around? You know, Well, my mom will be home You know, until my dad gets off, and, but you know, we'll, we'll be fine. They don't mind if I have company. So I go back, I say, yeah, mom, her mom will be there, and it's fine. So she says, well, let me talk to her mother. And I'm like, you know what? Forget it. Because there's no cool way to go back to the phone and say, uh, hey, baby, uh, won't you let my mama talk to your mama? You know, it, it, that just kills the whole thing. So. But no, my parents were extremely strict. Uh, I didn't funny. party a lot and all that as, as a young kid, as a teenager. But surprisingly, they allowed me to go out and perform. Uh, I was in high school opening up for groups like the Millie Jacksons, uh, Millie Jackson, the Manhattans, the OJs, you know, a place called the Premier Palace in Detroit, uh, and a few other places. Premier's no longer around. But uh, it was amazing to me performing as, you know, I'm this kid in high school, opening up for the groups that me and my dad are listening to, you know, in, in the basement on the stereo. It was an awesome uh, awesome experience. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you had a great relationship with your dad because he was obviously old school based on generation, but also the fact that you were willing to sing bass in his uh, little doo-wop group when the guys came over, that, that bond, I would think that would bond you and him. Oh, yeah. Oh, my, my, my father and I were uh, were truly bonded. Sonny Peck was uh, one of the coolest guys on the planet. I, I think I got maybe 24. Well, no, I mean, I think I've got 50% of his swag, and that's a lot of swag <laughs> for one world to have. He was a real cool guy. Everybody loved him, man. Yeah, he was one of those guys who back in the day would be on the corner, you know, singing, doing doo-wop. He just, uh, he didn't take off like the spinners did, but he certainly had a love for the old school music, and he passed that down 
to me as well. Every day, every every weekend, every Friday after work, on his way home, he'd stop by the record store, a place called Peaches, we used to have in Detroit. Peaches Record Store. And he'd bring home some new album, and, and we would just jam to the expo- exposed, exposed us to so much. You know, Anita Ward, and, uh, you know, Shalimar, you know, different people. I mean, just as they were coming out, we were getting this stuff. And besides the new music, he and I would always retire to the basement, and we put on the old school, you know, Jerry Butler, Your Precious Love, you know, The Temptations, and The Spinners, you you name it. We we would sing it all, and I, I love that music. Love it then, and I, I love it to this day. Well, now you get to perform it, and, and what's ironic is the first time you saw The Spinners, I think you were at a state fair with your parents. Wow, go ahead, Ira. Okay, you're absolutely right, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> my mother and father took my brother and sister and I to the state fair. We rode the rides and did all that sort of thing. It was our time. Well, it's evening time now. It's time for the parents. Now we've got to go on the bleachers and sit and listen to some group my parents want to go see. And start something like, oh, I know all this stuff from the radio. And I, we were enjoying the show. We're rocking to it. And to this day, we see kids that really enjoy the show. <laughs> They're sitting with their arms folded in the front row, you know, like, I don't want to be here. And by the time we're in the second or third song, they're just really enjoying themselves. So I'm sitting there. And by the by the time the Purvis did his 1245, I, I said to my parents as the crowd was screaming, I said, Mom and Dad, I want to do what they're doing when I grow up. had no idea. Out of the mouth of babes, I end up in the same exact group that I first saw perform that first inspired me to want to be uh, a recording artist, a performer, to travel the world and make people happy. And it's, who knew? Who knew? This is just fantastic. I am living my dream. Uh, at, at one point, I had a spinner to the right of me, spinner to the left of me, you know, a <laughs> uh, sold-out crowd in front of me, and we were just traveling from city to city, state to state, and everywhere we went, sold-out crowds and, and happy people. And, and it's it's been a wonderful experience. I'm so very happy. Have your parents seen you perform as part of the Spinners? Uh, no, my father is not. He passed away oh, uh, before I joined the group. I, I believe he's looking smiling down from heaven and, and still proud of his son, as he always was. Uh, but my mom, who, who is still with us, yeah, she's been to quite a few Spinner shows. And uh, she goes all the way, that proud mom thing and it. Before I leave for every show, she always tells me before I head to the airport, make sure you always give him. I say, I know, Mom, 200%. <laughs> all right, I'm better, yeah, tell the guys, you know. All right, Mom, I got you. And I hang up the phone, I head to the airport. But, uh, yeah, she's extremely proud. But it must, uh, have been at, her, it must have been at some point she takes you aside privately and just says, I can't believe this. We took you to the State Fair to see the spinners, and now you're performing with the spinners. You know, it, it, it. You know, at times, Ira, if if I can get a little personal, you know, at, at times it brings me, you know, to tears. I remember we were doing. This is when I first started with the group. We were doing a performance, Tortola Island, British Virgin Islands, and we were opening up for Fantasia. And I remember it was, it was a nighttime. We were staying in beautiful villas. I had a full kitchen, and I love to cook, so I'm cooking for the entire group. Uh, and with Sean Lindsay, our valet at the time. And I remember being in the pool at night, you know, hotel pools usually close in the evening. But I go down the water, I come up, and there's our music director. And and, and I'm just taken in by the sound because I'm in this iconic group. And we're doing these wonderful things. And I come up, and there's Keith Ferguson at the edge of the pool talking to a few guys in the band. He says, oh, yeah, Jesse, and I'm working on a new album. And uh, I got a, a couple of bass parts I need, I'm going to need you on. And I'm like, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm like, is this happening? It's like a scene 
out of every movie I've ever seen. And, and, and the, uh, my eyes started welling up. I just, so I just dove down in the water <laughs> <laughs> to maintain my man credits, you know, so the guys couldn't see that I was just getting super emotional. But this, this is, um, there's nothing like this. There's nothing like living your dreams. And for, for those of you who are doing so right now, you're, you feel like you're stuck in whatever job or position you're in, I, I implore you to uh, just throw caution to the wind and, and jump out there and jump into it. You, know, you never know until you give it a shot. And if you believe in yourself and if you're committed to making it happen, then it certainly will. And I want everyone to feel as good as I feel being a part of the finish. This is wonderful. Well, I think that you have a book in you to write. <laughs> yes. about achieving your dreams but my question yes. which you you actually didn't answer so i'm going to come back to it because that's the one thing Uh-oh. i always remember my questions well oh, i didn't i didn't duck that one okay no I no, thought hey, I got no it was an it was an easy question but your mom at some point must have taken you aside privately and said can you believe this we took you to the state fair to see the spinners and now you're a member of the spinners oh definitely we have those uh those conversations quite often as a matter of fact she reminds me of of yes going and seeing the spinners that being my first concert she reminds me of uh, all the days after school while the kids were out playing. I'm in the basement playing albums and doing full concerts, you know, dressed to the nine as if there's really an audience there. And they, my parents tolerated a lot from my performing in high school, doing professional gigs, coming home from school and all the noise I made with all the music. They didn't really seem to get much of a break at all the shows <laughs> that I did. That they just had to come to to support their son. So. Uh, yeah, she said to me quite often, you know, just the, the full circle moment of it all from right. that first minute concert to not being in the group and, and traveling. Well, I and, could just see, yeah, I could just see it being emotional for her at points yes, the way. It well. uh, definitely is. And it becomes emotional for me as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Know, well, if let, it touches mama, it touches you. you yeah, know? exactly. Let's take a break. My guest, Jesse Peck is a longtime bass singer for the legendary spinners. The group is performing along with special guest Thelma Houston in the club at the Cannery Casino. On Saturday, June 1st, and for ticket information, go to cannerycasino.com. And you can follow Jesse Peck of the Spinners on Facebook. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. You think you know Vegas? But how much do you really know about this neon city? See the dark side of the bright lights at the Ma Museum where you can explore how a tough little town transformed into a gaming metropolis with a little help from organized crime. You won't find these stories of lawbreakers and law enforcement, mob bosses and prosecutors anywhere else. The Ma Museum in downtown Las Vegas. More information at themobmuseum.org. Now let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Jesse Peck. He's a longtime bass singer for the Legendary Spinners. The group is performing along with special guest Thelma Houston in the club at the Cannery Casino on Saturday, June 1st. For ticket information, go to cannerycasino.com and you can follow the Spinners on Facebook, the Mighty Spinners. And you can follow Jesse himself on Twitter at jessepeck1245. And Jesse, along the lines of the spinners themselves, you mentioned, you referred earlier to Purvis, and that's Purvis Jackson. He was, as you call it, the large shoes. He was one of the founding members of the spinners and that. He, they needed a new guy, and you sweated it out for a little while, but then you became the new guy. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely sweated that out for, for a while, uh, waiting to find out what the final word would be. 
Yeah, and, and you know, during that time, during that time, I wanted to find out more about the man, you know, whose uh, whose parts I'd be performing and singing, you know, and. I went to some of his spots, places that he would hang out, talked to a lot of people who knew him, and I found out that that purpose was a, 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 a wonderful human being. He was the kind of person where they say he'd give you the shirt off of his back. That was purpose. Always friendly. He always had a joke to tell on the road. He kept the guys laughing. And uh, for the people he loved and cared about, well, even strangers for that matter, he would, uh, he would definitely do anything to help each and every human being. He was a wonderful person. Truly a wonderful person. I thought, you know, it's not just singing and and, uh, and dancing that I have to do, but people expect a lot for anyone who's going to come behind Purvis and uh, and wear his uniform to, uh, to to stand in his space to sing in his microphone. It's it, it, it's an obligation that truly extends beyond the stage, and one that I humbly and proudly accept. What a great guy. And leading up to that, you worked with an R&B group called Unique before, way before the Spinners, right? Ah, uh, yes, I did. As a matter of fact, right. In fact, while you're at it, Marvin Taylor, who is a member of the Spinners, he was a part of Unique as well. I was doing my radio days in Flint, Michigan, and we were a Flint-based group, but we were awesome. This group, <laughs> uh, oh, we were awesome. That's, we what, I, I, that's what I love, Jesse. That's what I love. Your modesty. Oh, <laughs> there's no way to be modest about Unique. These guys were definitely awesome. Uh, they perform, we performed at the Apollo. We uh, performed even on the Montel Williams show. The only time uh, that Montel Williams ever broke the format of his show, he did a Motown review, and uh, we were uh, a part of that show. Uh, that's an historic fact there for you. <laughs> that's great. Now, here's the well, odd thing about you. You were born in Queens, but you grew up in Detroit. You got into radio. You did a radio show, among others, called Night Rhythm. How did you decide then to get out of radio, get into performing, or was it a combination of doing both at the same time? How did that evolve for you? Well, actually, getting out of radio uh, wasn't a choice. Uh, It was actually something I had to do. Uh, At that time, I I was married and become more of a family man, and I, had, I was working in the mortgage business, and I had to make a decision. You know, do I stay in radio? Do I do something that's, uh, you know, that could be potentially uh, more lucrative for the sake of my family? So, I did leave, and I went into the mortgage business. And that was during the that was right before the foreclosure uh, crisis that we experienced. So, that turned out to be a bad experience. And then from there, I ended up temporarily in a factory. And thank you, Rory Gamble. And I got word that uh, that that these spinners would be looking for a new bass singer. So, uh, Roquel, who's a member of the Four Tops, and Nat Burgess, those two guys, I reached out to them individually. Nat Burgess has been the spinners manager for many years. Uh, those guys uh, helped solidify an audition with Henry Fambro, who would report and send my recordings back to Bobby Smith uh, as to whether or not I would uh, I would be in the group. So I did the audition in August. I, it wasn't until November of uh, 2008 that I got the call that I was actually in the group. And it just, just completely changed my life. For the moment I got that call from Henry, uh, you know, nothing was ever the same. And from that point on, I was actually living the dream, and I haven't looked back since. And Henry, of course, is still with the group. He's one of the founding members. Yes, Henry's still alive and still with us, and uh, he has been... Uh, He's been a great, uh, great mentor. He's been a great leader. Uh, he, he's been a great friend. He has guided us and, and honed us and sharpened us. And you know, he wanted to make sure that we would be the spinners or, or, or give the audience what they were used to 
with regards to a spinner show, that it would be just as exciting, just as entertaining. Uh, you want to sound like, not like Jesse Peck and Marvin Taylor and Charlton and, and, and Ronnie, but you, you want to give them the sound that they grew up listening to. You want to give them these hits the way that they're used to hearing them. And, and that's what we do. We deliver the same message that the guys before us delivered and to the satisfaction of our audience each and every night. And it's not just the music, because you alluded to it earlier, it's really the show. Yeah, it's an exciting show. You know, folks who have never seen the spinners, you know, for an old school doo-wop group, they don't expect much, maybe a two-step as far as choreography, but uh, no, our show is, and the spinner show has always been an exciting show from the time that I saw it as a young boy uh, to this day. I mean, they're even, <laughs> even now, there are, there are, there are splits and breakdance moves and high kicks and the, the lighting effects, uh, the show is, is very awesome. It's exciting for me uh, just being a part of it. In fact, I probably have more fun performing the uh, show than the audience has uh, watching <laughs> it, and they, and they really love it. But it, it's great for us. It's great for me no longer pretending that I'm at home in the basement after school doing a concert and imagining I can hear the audience applause. Now it's real. The standing ovations are, are real. The autographs you know, are, are real, and you're a part of something that was started, and boy, did they do a grand job in, in making this happen, and all we have to do is hold true to who the spinners are, and uh, be sure that we represent in the best way possible, when you, and we're when committed you, to that each and every night. Because you perform so much, do you need to, in addition to performing, stay in shape by working out, because it is a physically taxing show? Uh, yes, we all do work out. Uh, for those who uh, who watch Ronnie Moss on his page, uh, he does uh, jogging sessions every morning. I don't know how you jog and do videos that you're jogging, <laughs> but Ronnie Moss does it. <laughs> you know, uh, me myself with my exercise, I, I keep it to myself. I work out at home. I do lots of calisthenics, stretches, and things that keep me in good shape. I'm a formal martial artist. Uh, Marvin stays in great shape as well. Even Charlton Washington, uh, he's he's trimmed down quite a bit over the years, and uh, we're all getting healthier, stronger, and and better. And I think it's because of what we're doing. You know, being on the road and performing, it, it demands a lot of energy. It's great cardio. So when we're home, we want to keep more stay in the same frame, so we continue to take care of ourselves. Do you also have to watch what you eat when you're on the road? I uh, well, you know, I, I guess you're supposed to do that if you want to bring that up. Right. Uh, <laughs> I had to. I had to. <laughs> the guys have been teasing me because I've been eating a lot of salads lately. But uh, for the most part, when we're on the road, I, I like to uh, enjoy the local cuisine. You know, and we all do. Um, we have to stay health conscious, and yeah, when it's necessary, we do uh, watch watch what we're eating, what we're putting into our body. And yeah, because you got to. If you can't fit the uniform, you can't go on stage. <laughs> exactly so. right. Exactly right. If I if I <laughs> if I had to narrow you down to your favorite spinner song, which one would it be? Please don't tell me all of them because they are all for everybody, including the fans. But for you particularly, is there one that when you're singing it, it just does something different than all the other songs? You know, for years and years, I've been asked that question, and I could never answer it. However, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do you a solid. Uh, I'm going to give you two songs. Number one, I'm going to say Games People Play for the line that uh, Purvis made famous, the 1245. And I'll say Rubber Band Man because it's the grand finale of our show. People enjoy the song itself, but there's a point in the show where we pull out the giant rubber bands and start dancing around, and it just gets crazy. <laughs> By that time, everyone's on their feet. We're right. dancing. It's a, it's a big party, so 
Uh, I will pick two songs. Yes, I do love them all, and I enjoy them all. But I'll, I'll say <laughs> games you. people play. I know. I appreciate. I appreciate Robert Batman. I appreciate the solid. I just have this fantasy that when you go from venue to venue, or I should say from city to city, and you do local television and radio interviews, I suspect this is the fantasy that I have about you: that every radio and television station wants you to stay and become their announcer. You know, I have that fantasy, too, each and every night. <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't happened yet. I think one day uh, CNN will be interviewing us. I'll say, you know, thanks for interviewing you, Spinners. I think you're great. Oh, wait, Jesse, Jesse, can you wait a second? <laughs> we want to talk to you, you know. You'll sign this contract. You know? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Well, a lot of people probably don't know, in addition to being an integral part of the legendary Spinners, you also have a voiceover business. Yes, I do. And that voicing business may have stemmed from your graduation from the Specs, what's now called the Specs Howard School of Media Arts in Michigan. Absolutely. Absolutely. It certainly did. Even when uh, I was done with radio, I, st- I would still do voice work here and there. And uh, voice work just allowed me to get in-, get in front of the microphone. I just had to get to a mic. I loved reading scripts as well as singing, as well as being on the air. And I always dreamed of having my own voiceover business. So... Happy to say that now uh, I'm finally doing that as well. So when I'm not on the road, I have voice commercials that uh, go all the, all over the country. Uh, I, I do voice inflections when my wife, Michelle, allows me to do so. So the American people can work together and, and begin to realize that the, the Spinners are a fantastic group. You know, it, it's, it's my thing. I, I love the mic. I love clowning around and having fun and creating different things. So, yeah, the voiceover business has, uh, has really been good to me uh, as, well have, as well as the Spinners. So I'm, I'm happy to be doing both. Before I let you go, I've got to ask the question, which you probably weren't anticipating, which is, tell us a little bit about Henry Williams. Wow. <laughs> I love that you asked me about Henry Williams. Okay. You know, I, I mentioned that uh, I got in the spinners with the assistance of Roquel from the Four Tops, and also I reached out to the manager for the spinners, Mr. Matt Burgess, who's been with them for decades. But this all stemmed from a buddy of mine, Henry Williams. He and I were working when I was in the factory together. And we were looking and thinking of ways every day for me to get back into the business because I did not belong anywhere else. And he was the person that called me to tell me about the audition with the spinners. He made the connection between Roquel and the Four Tops and myself. And that's where it all sparked. That's where we, among the many other ideas and things that we thought of, we even talked about me doing traffic reports. Hi, I'm Jesse at I-275. There's some debris in the right lane there. Make sure you use caution in that area. <laughs> and over on Southfield Freeway, the police are blocking that lane for an investigation. <laughs> Be sure to drive safely and blah, blah, blah. I'm Jesse. Back to you. you know, it, it, we thought about all kinds of things. Right. Tried all different auditions, but that was the one thing that brought me back to life, you know, as an entertainer was the idea that, yes, came from my dear friend, Henry Williams, to uh, audition for the Spinners. And I'm th- glad you asked that question. And there you are. You're with the Spinners. My guest, Jesse Peck, is a longtime bass singer for the legendary Spinners. The group is performing, along with special guest Thelma Houston, in the club at the Cannery Casino on Saturday, June 1st. For ticket information, go to cannerycasino.com. And for everything about the Spinners, you can follow him on Facebook, The Mighty Spinners, and you can follow Jesse Peck on Twitter at Jesse Peck. 1245. Jesse, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much. Also on my Facebook page, uh, Jesse Peck, and I have a YouTube channel as well. Feel free to subscribe to Jesse Peck. I show videos of some of our adventures on the road. So make sure you check that out as well. That's great. Thanks, Jesse, for being on the show.
Thank you, Ira. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Yeah,